What's going on, Los Angeles? What's up, Ramley? Welcome to the Ram Skinny here on the LA Football Network. I'm Ryan Dyer, joined as always by the man, our Rams beat writer, our LAFB managing editor, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. The flow is looking fresh. You were at SoFi on Sunday. What's up, brother? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, the Rams and I share a couple things in common, uh, one of which is we are both two and three. I am two and three in fantasy football. My first year playing fantasy football and I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm hanging in there. But uh, as Bill Parcells says, yeah. we are what our record says we are. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, not bad for your first year, though. I, I, uh, I think I'm just going to get to two and three. I'm going to win this week. Uh, I somehow I had um aaron jones in my lineup who is out as of we're recording right now um but i still somehow put up like 180 points thanks to some you know i had tyreek hill i had dj moore i think i had you know a couple guys just went off so i think i'm just but i think i'm just getting back to two and three so i think you, me and you were tied perfect so. yeah yeah i have uh, my two quarterbacks that i selected are anthony richardson and joe burrow um and uh Joe Burrow, as we know, started off the season a little rough uh, with an yeah. injury, and now um, Anthony Richardson is gonna ha- has another injury. So another one, shocking. Um, I've got some, yeah, yeah. I've got I've, I've got some uh, management to do, some roster management to do for <laughs> next week. I, I mean, those are two good picks. So you would think you'd be solid, but that's the way fantasy goes, I guess, and in the NFL as well. But mm-hmm. we're not talking fantasy; we're talking Rams. Before we get into that, really quick, tell you about our friends over at. Prize picks, head to prizepicks.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. That is RAMSLAFB on your first deposit. They're going to match that deposit up to 100 bucks. You put in 100 bucks, they give you $300 to play with, 25, free 25, yada, yada, yada. It's great. It's legal here in California. You pick a minimum of two players in any game, any sport. Um, up to six players in a game sport, and you're basically just playing against their total projections, choosing over-unders. It's a lot of fun. You can win a lot of money. Um, you know, we've been having fun with it. So prizepicks.com or download prize picks on the App Store or Google Play. Once again, that promo code is RAMSLAFB, all one word, RAMSLAFB. You can tell them the guys at the LA Football Network sent you. Skinny T, we were excited about this game. It was a great opportunity for the Rams to prove they were a one of the top-tier teams in the NFC. They looked good in that first half, battled, um, you know, went into it down three. I'm, I'm going to I'll talk about kind of a game shift in a minute, but overall, I thought they played good in the first half, and then just the offense got nothing going in the second half. They ended up losing, obviously, this game and fall to two and three. Before diving into your overarching long-term, I guess, uh, thoughts on this tough loss to the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I am concerned about the offense. We were kind of coming into this expecting um, McVay to kind of rise to prominence, become that um, top level play caller that uh, we've expected him to be, that he had been in the past 2017, 18, 2021, just to lighten the league on fire. And, you know, they have struggled to look like that kind of offense and 14 points in a game like this is never going to be enough. This is one of the best offenses in the league, one of the best teams in the league. You're going to have to put up more points than that uh, to beat a team like the Eagles. If you look back at um, the previous games that they've played, uh, you know, they put up 29 against the Colts, um, 16 against uh, the Bengals, 23 against the 49ers, and then 30 against the Seahawks. 
you know, some good performances there. Um, but this was not, this was not that game. This was, um, this was kind of maybe one, one of McVeigh's worst games that he's called. Um, obviously you've got a great defense uh, on the other side, but if you look, if you look at the roster, um, offensive line, we've talked about several times. Um, they're not bad. They're actually pretty good. Kevin Donson goes in there for uh, Joe Noteboom, does a great job. Uh, you got Cooper Cutback. You've got Puka Nakua, who's a, a, just a, a new star in the league. Nobody expected mm-hmm. fifth fifth round pick. Um, you know, I, you know, Kyron Williams, who is proving to be a a, a good back, four four point one yards per carry in this game. You know, we'll talk more about the running game later on for sure. Hold me back. Hold me back. And I think I think one of your keys for for this game was that McVeigh had to call a hell of a game, and he did not. He it was. Um, it was rough, uh, and we're, we're, particularly where, where they struggled was on first and second downs. Um, they were just not—they were not setting themselves up for success. They were setting themselves up for a lot of third and longs. I—I I don't re- remember the exact uh, uh, third down conversion rate, but it was—it was not great. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we—we've said that you know we came into the season they. They shocked, shocked this they year. Were, um, not to interrupt you, but they were okay. six of 14 on six. third down. Yeah. Yeah. So under 50%. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, so they, 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 they shocked the Seahawks with a, with a big win. And we, you know, this team, we, we kept saying it is better than everybody expected it to be. And then once you set the level of expectation, you, you should, uh, you should keep going with that. You know, you shouldn't, um, yeah. shouldn't regress. Uh, and you know it's it's hard it's hard to say this because they the Eagles are a great team they were in the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year NFC champions last year obviously one of the best uh, um, uh, rosters in the the entire league and um, I I just didn't feel like uh, the Rams offense particularly brought their A game on the defensive side plenty of mistakes but the defense gave the offense chances mm-hmm. to kind of get back into it Kel Witherspoon with their he saved he he himself single handedly saved points, um, and we've seen it with McVay where the second half is kryptonite. It's like I don't know what it is. It it it's it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I think what's what's concerning for me, Skinny, is, and you know, I think this maybe happened a little bit last year. We even saw this happen in the Super Bowl run, but it, it's like Coach McVay for as great as he is. For whatever reason, especially this year, it's like he can't stack back-to-back good game plans or good calling games. And maybe that sounds overcritical, but it's like we have a bad calling game, and then, okay, he bounces back. It's like, there's McVeigh. There he is. And then the very next week, he reverts back to, like, the bad calling. And, you know, you know I was going to bring it up. Only 14 carries, 13 for Kyron, one for Ronnie Rivers. And this was a one possession game, pretty much the entire game. And I, I understand the defensive front the Eagles have. I understand how stout they are against the run. You also got to understand how good they are against the pass in terms of pass rush. And, you know, you're, you're putting Stafford back there, having to face the wolves, as we saw later in that game, well, obviously when they knew they had to pass it, then when time was ticking out, but had they committed a little bit more to the run when, you know, like you said, I mean, averaging 4.1 yards per carry, that's, that's not sh- getting shut down. 13 for 53 yards is not shutting the run down. And so if they had they committed 
you figure if that if you go at that clip when you know this is all just hypothetical and hearsay, but you continue at that clip, you you double that to 26 carries. All of a sudden, you you ran the ball for 110 yards, and that's a good day at the office in the run game. You're playing physical. You're moving the ball, and and so I think that is where in the second half they just went away from it because I think they ran a lot more in the first half. Obviously, the first drive I was counting. Uh, I think it was six plays before their first running play, but they were the, they were moving the ball the past. Cooper Cup's back. They want to get involved. We'll get to him in a minute because he is still all world, and it just shows how good he is. Um, so we'll talk about him and Puka in a minute. But yeah, I don't want to sound doom and gloom. I think this team still has a lot of potential, um, but it's 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 tough when you play a team as good as the Eagles because let's not take anything away from Philly. They are a, a Super Bowl contending team yet again. But the Rams had opportunities to steal this game. And it wasn't like they left tons of plays out there. I'm not saying that. Like, they made so many mistakes. I mean, no turnovers. They played a clean game. You know, there's a few passes that, that Stafford missed. You know, that one to two, two over the middle that would have been a touchdown. He had Cooper Cup twice with a step and just overthrew it a bit. So there were opportunities there that were missed. But I think if you just called a little better game, it could have at least been at the end where it's like a game winning potential drive instead of, you know, down whatever it was two scores with it out. So yeah, it's frustrating when, you know, you, you, you just think they have an opportunity and weren't able to capitalize. Now, two things I'll add to that before tossing back to you. And this is going to sound counter counteractive to what I just said, but this was also the first game where I felt like you truly noticed a a team against the Rams having more talent. Um, I think you really truly noticed the Eagles have stars at every single level and the Rams have absolutely some stars and they're big name guys, but then they just have a lot of guys busting their butts and, and working hard, but specifically at edge position. I mean, they couldn't get any pressure on Jalen hurts. That was the, that as good as the defense battled and played hard and kept the Rams in this game. I mean, hurts had, seemingly all day in the pocket every time I was able to kind of just pick them apart and move methodically. And, um, and, and so you, you just, you really noticed for the first time, in my opinion, that there was just a, a lack of talent to kind of get over the hump. Now that with that being said, as I was just saying, they still could have got the W, which is, that's what's, I think that's the crazy part is even with that lack of talent, they still could have got it done. Um, and the last point I'll say is the backbreaker for me and what turned the game was giving up that touchdown at the end of the first half. I mean, what was it? 38 seconds the Eagles had or something like that facing yeah. a third and 10 uh, with even less than that third and 10 with like whatever it was 24 seconds. I'm probably off by a little bit, but it wasn't much. And then allowing them after converting that third and 10 to not just get a field goal, but in getting a touchdown. Um, not only is that a momentum shifter, but it's just a backbreaker when it, when it's seemingly looking like they could just kneel the ball going to the half and they end up putting seven on you. That to me was the turning point of this game. Well, and that play in particular is a perfect example of what you were saying about how the talent deficit um, that the Rams are facing, especially on the defensive side, <clears throat> showed itself in this game. You've got Darion Kendrick, who I love. I think he's a dog. I think he's a competitive. I think he's the competitive heart of this defense. Um, yep. he, he, he's got a short memory, so he comes back and he's, he's fighting his heart out on every play. Um, now I'm not defending him on this particular play, uh, but he's going up against AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, AJ Brown is a second rounder, but also one of the best, uh, wide receivers in the league. Uh, I said that coming into this game, um, go look at any AJ Brown game you want and you just ask yourself what the heck were the Tennessee Titans thinking, uh, <laughs> moving on from this guy. 
Um, but, uh, you know, you've got Darion Kendrick trying to cover AJ Brown. That's a mismatch that you're not going to win in that instance. It's there. There's just AJ Brown is just much more talented than Darion Kendrick as much as I love him and I'll defend him and I'll go to the mat for him. But that's, um, you know, it's exactly what you said. There's just this big deficit. And this is, this is the first game that where it was truly evident. Now I'll go, you go back to that week one game and the week two game against San Francisco, Seattle and San Francisco. And you think about when the Rams were being successful. um, You know, if, if this game had been a loss, but it seemed like the offense was competing, I'd have a very different feel about this game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, in that San Francisco game in particular, for at least one half, it seemed like the offense was going toe to toe with the with the the 49ers on a, a physical physicality toughness level. And we saw it, we saw it with the Cowboys last last night where um, yeah. the Cowboys tried to match them physically and they just couldn't do it. And the Rams were doing a better job than the Cowboys were doing against yep. the 49ers on both sides of the ball, but specifically on the offense. I'm, I'm hammering on this point just because uh, we've seen it work and we, yeah. we've seen the game plan. Um, and, you know, every week is different and the, the Eagles are different than the 49ers. But it's, uh, you know, even if this was still a loss and there was just a bit more fight and a little bit more um, kind of, of that physicality through the running game, that's where it starts. That's where defenses are forced to um, respect uh, what you're doing in the trenches. That's where games are won and lost, and that's and and the running game is is a part of that as well. It's you know we're we're pushing the ball, you know, three yards every time. You're gonna have to stop me at some point. And the Rams just came into this game thinking, yeah, we don't we don't really need to do that. We got Cooper Cup. We got Puka Nakua. Let's see them stop that. And they mm-hmm. they did they did a good enough job. I mean, Cooper Cup had a fantastic day, 118 yards, I think, and and a lot of yak. And and you know that was a big question coming into this game: is how are they going to distribute the ball to these two great receivers? And it's well, it turns out, yeah, they're going to distribute the ball to both of these receivers. So, and they did that successfully. But there was nothing else uh, from this offense that said, uh, "Be afraid, be afraid." Um, you know, cha- you know, like, where's the challenge? Stop this. How about this one? And it, it becomes yeah, yeah. very, um, you know, you want to be multiple in, in uh, football. And this is very singular looking uh, offense. So you know, I'm a big, I'm a big history buff, skinny T. I love history. I think it teaches us a lot. And when you look at the history of this season, it's only five games in, it's short. And this is the last, the last point I'll make about the running game, then we'll move on and we'll do some positives. Maybe we can take from this, but when you look at the three losses, the Niners, the Bengals, and now the Eagles, all good teams. So, you know, it's tough. They played them all well in all three of those losses, Rams running backs, less than 15 total carries in their two wins. Seahawks and Colts, 30 plus carries for running backs. Let's look at the history. I mean, it tells you run the ball 30 times. You're, you're going to have a better shot to win. And it seems so simple. And I say it every week. I'm sure our listeners get sick and tired of it, but maybe they're in agreement with me because look at the history, 30 plus carries, you're two and oh, 15 or less, you're 0 and three. And we have a great quarterback. The receiving core is great. 
it's maybe one of the best in football right now with Cooper cutback. And he looked sure the hell the part that he always does. The offensive line, if healthy, I think is formidable. And the defense, as you said, is playing good enough to give them chances to win. They're not ever going to be a dominant defense with this unit, but they've been in every game and the defense has given them opportunities to win every single game, which is all you could ask from this unit. 30 plus carries skinny. That's all they need to do. And they might be undefeated right now. 20, uh, they gave up 23 points, which is the fewest that uh, any team has uh, given up for uh, to the Eagles this season. Fewest points of any team so far. So, um, yeah. I mean, the defense is playing <clears throat> impressive without any edge presence whatsoever. They're playing super impressive. I mean, we there was a play where Michael Hoyt was running down the sideline with Dallas Godair, like. In, it's, I don't know if that's a – I mean, that was a that had to be a just a horrible personnel call on Raheem Morris's part or whatnot because I don't know what, what's going on there, but it just shows these guys are just battling and keeping you in it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, let's get to positives because uh, I'm not feeling great. <laughs> let's go one more, one more negative because I just want to – this is something I noticed in this game, and I, I don't know if this is coaching, if this is skill set or what, but, you know, Byron Young I think has – you know, he's played pretty well for being a rookie and basically being, what is he, a third round pick forced to be a starter right off the bat. Like that, that's pretty rare uh, unless you just show out and he just was forced to kind of be a starter and not really get groomed into it. But when you watch him pass rush, he's very disciplined, which I love. I mean, he's very good at setting the edge, staying home. And maybe that's why he does this. But every rush I watched, there's no innovation or pass rush move it's just a straight bull rush and he's just basically trying to body the tackle into the quarterback and part of that i think is keeping the edge but then part of that is like you gotta have some whether it's a spin move swim whether it's you know different stunts that raheem morris could call because it's just the same thing every time and they obviously did not get any pressure whatsoever on jalen hurts so that was just one thing i noticed it's like okay does he not have that in his arsenal are the coaches telling him not to do that or is it just an oversight that no one's really noticing well, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the talent deficit on the defense is, you know, he's a third round pick, fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah, I think third round, third round pick. Um, and he and he's athletic as all get out. Um, and what I've noticed about, you know, college guys that, that are kind of those athletic freaks and they're coming out, they rely on those traits going through college and they're able to get away with it because they're playing, you know. Uh, East Tennessee State or whatever, and they're just a- they're just able to plow that guy over that poor left tackle over whatever, um, and then then you get to the the big leagues and that just doesn't work every time when you're going up against Lane Johnson or Milata or whatever, it's just not going to work every time. You know he's done a good job. He's getting pressure. He's got 20 on the year uh, according to PFF, and that's fantastic for a rookie. And mm-hmm. um, but. You know, he just doesn't. Have, I, I just don't think he has all of those tools in his belt um, right now to work with. And you know, I think he's getting tons of great experience. And and you know, come week seventeen, uh, week eighteen, let's see where he where he's at to truly judge him. Um, but you know, he's he he's not you know Von Miller coming out in the first round or anything like that. Yeah, you know, where the, they just have a whole bunch of stuff and they faced great competition and. Yeah, you know um, all that. Um, yeah, so I think you know I think he's proving that the the gamble that the Rams took on him was the right gamble to take. Obviously, because mm-hmm. he's a quality starter uh, coming out of the third round. Yeah, uh, but I've been you know like I said last week when we were talking about uh, 
Oh, the Bronco that went to the 49ers. Uh, forgot his name. Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Sean Gary. Randy Gregory. Uh, uh, um, what was I saying about Randy Gregory? Oh, I've been pounding the table. I've been pounding the table for an edge rusher that they would draft yeah. somebody as high as they possibly could or go out and trade for somebody for as long yeah. as I can remember. And it would make a huge difference, but that's not happening in 2023. We'll we'll see if we get closer to the trade deadline. What happens? But doesn't seem like that's in the cards. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really curious to see his his progression and what they'll do. And I think this is where if they want to get more aggressive defensively, and then you know it could have been this game plan, just being like, hey, let's keep everything in front of us. We're only going to rush four. Really, they did do a couple stunts. That was when what Van Volken. I always say his name, Ryan Van Van Volkenberg. Is that right? Sounds right. Yeah, uh, when he got home and got the sack, I think the lone sack of the whole game for the Rams, but it was a nice stunt play. So if they do more of that, I think that's where they'll see some success because just rushing four with who they have outside of Aaron Donald up front, you're just you're not going to get home. I mean, they just don't have the the talent or the the speed or the the pass rush moves to win win, win uh, battle in and battle out. So that's something I want to look for, kind of in the progression of Byron Young and, and what he improves on. So um, let's talk to you- positives. Oh, go ahead. Well, another negative. Jalen Hurts was the Rams' leading rusher, and um, you know he had you know three three of the uh, brotherly shove, as uh, people are calling yeah. it now, um, and f- fifteen attempt, attempts, seventy two yards. So really, we're looking at twelve for let's say seventy. Um, you know, that's just another thing that you're looking at Byron Young. You're looking at the the defensive line, and um, they're just they're just unable to contain. Um, somebody that, that is, dy- is dynamic as Jalen Hurts, which you're not going to find a lot, but more yeah. and more there are those uh, those players in the league. So, you know, let's Last- uh, cross, our, cross our fingers for 2024. <laughs> Last negative. And then we're, I swear we're going to get some positives in here. <laughs> um, but I, it came to me, I wanted to talk about this, and I forgot till right now. And I, I hate being overly critical of professional athletes because obviously I could never dream of what they do, but you know, we're here talking and this is what we want to see improved. There's three things that drive me crazy for professionals to do. It drive me crazy in high school for high schoolers to do it. But if you're a professional athlete, you should not be doing this. Three things. One is when punt returners fair catch or catch the ball inside the 10 yard line drives me nuts. You're you're supposed to plant your feet on the 10 yard line. And then if it goes over, if it's past you, you let it go. If, If they down it inside the five, you just got to tip your cap. That's a great play. But anyway, that didn't happen in this game. So that's one that drives me crazy. Number two is in short yardage situations, usually goal to go situations. When defenders think they'll have more leverage going airborne, stopping someone instead of staying on the ground, using all their body weight. Plus it's just natural inertia, right? You're going to have more leverage staying on the ground, pushing upwards than just jumping and expecting your body weight to like stop someone. So we saw that in that brotherly shove. I can't remember who it was exactly, but someone went airborne and basically just like was bounced off like an asteroid hitting, hitting a a moving star or whatever. And it's like, why are you going airborne here? You got to put your full body weight and plunge up. So that's one, another thing. And number two or number three, and this is probably the most infuriating is at the professional level, not making arm tackles. Like when guys just throw their bodies for the tackle, how many broken tackles did we see in this game? Jalen Hurts extended a first down on a broken tackle. We saw A.J. Brown do it. We saw DeAndre Swift do it. So that's another thing with this team that it, we saw it in the Super Bowl run, I believe, in, in the specifically the second game against the Niners that they ended up losing 
ton of missed tackles and they were able to obviously correct it in the playoffs. This was another game where I was like, man, there's another missed tackle. There's a guy diving at ankles without using their, their arms, not, not wrapping guys up. It's a fundamental that you learn as a middle schooler. And so that's another thing that I'm just like, come on, we got to So don't, yeah. don't catch the ball inside the 10 yard line on a punt. Don't go airborne at the goal line and use those arms and wrap up these, these guys and bring them to the ground. Yeah. Uh, per PFF, uh, 11 missed tackles uh, for the Rams defense. So yeah, that's, I think that's probably the largest, uh, the, the most they've had all season. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. That's way too much. So yeah. anyway, all right. A couple positives before we wrap the show up. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Go for it. I, you know, I, I dropped the one, I dropped uh, one early about uh, Cooper cup and Puka Nakua looking real good together. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you want to talk more about that or you got something. Yeah, else. let's just, let's dive more into that. That's the low hanging fruit. I mean, Cooper cup back and looking Cooper cup like ever eight receptions, 118 yards looked great. Looked crisp in his route running, obviously playing from that slot. A lot of stuff over the middle looked completely comfortable catching over the middle. There was no rust or fear, but I think the bigger positive, and I'll, I'll toss it to you after saying this skinny is I don't think any of us were concerned that Cooper cup wasn't going to look like Cooper cup. We've seen him enough to know how good he is, but there was obviously, we talked about it. Would there be a drop off from Puka Nakua and would all of a sudden this offense look one dimensional in terms of, Obviously, they've looked one-dimensional in terms of just passing the football, but would they look even more one-dimensional and only going to one player? And I think we were able to answer that question with no. Pukunakua is still with seven receptions for 71 yards in the touchdown, still looked as good as he has all season long. So you get Cooper Cup back. He looks like Cooper Cup, like we expected, but Pukunakua is still extremely involved. He looks great in how he's using this offense. So that's a huge positive is using these two guys together. And, I mean, let's be re- – five weeks in, Skinny, are we – is this the number one receiving core in football with these two guys? <laughs> I think they need one more guy. Uh, it's, it's getting involved a lot more to, to be there. Uh, but I put a, I put them definitely uh, toward the top 10. I mean, I think they're definitely in the conversation. Uh, just the two of them. If you, if you're going to put these two guys up against two, any other two guys out there, I would say that they've got it. They're in the running for that conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just, I think a, a really good one-two punch of, uh, you know, there there was one there was one play that they ran um, that just really impressed me. You know, we were talking. Alfred popped in. Uh, he did a little drop into our show last week. Uh, Alfred, our our great USC podcaster, um, mm-hmm. and, and just a fantastic personality. Great great guy to be around. Um, you know, he was he was talking about they both play in the slot, and there was actually a play where they both uh, ran in the slot where. Uh, one of them motioned from further out back around and it just caused mm-hmm. so much traffic and confusion for the defense right there. Um, and defensive these defenses have to respect those two guys. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of grows and develops. Um, and that, and those kind of plays aren't just something that just spring out of, uh, out of nowhere. They take time and practice and, and chemistry between the two receivers and with the quarterback in general, uh, so it, uh, you know, it, it, it'll take a few weeks before we see that kind of those kind of um, blended, you know, rub kind of uh, consolation of two different positions into, into one position. And, 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 and maybe it'll be used as a kind of a distraction for the defense coming in the future. So, 
you know, there, there's lots of great things that these two receivers can do. Um, you know, when you have this kind of one-two punch, we've seen it with Robert Woods in the past and Cooper Cup when they've when they were at their kind of peak. Uh, and you know, you know, I, I talked about their ability to block. They both have displayed the, that that ability and uh, in the in the running game, but that was not on display. So that that will uh, I'm still excited to see that. So that's another positive. <laughs> and I'm going to say, two two Atwell continues to look more and more like a, yeah. a real NFL receiver, not just like a gadget speed guy that they're using it, um, in certain ways. He's he's kind of catching the ball over all over the place, and that touchdown was very impressive. All oh, beautiful, yeah, really beautiful, beautiful. touchdown. And yeah. I think he only had two catches on the day, but obviously both very important. And yeah, I just love seeing him still involved. I mean, he's he's clearly wide receiver three with cut back and, um, you know, no catches for Van Jefferson or Ben Skoranek, uh, which is interesting. But um, yeah, so I won't touch. I won't add too much more, but it is so great to see Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Um, what other positive all goes skinny? And then you can give maybe a final one as we wrap up. You know, it might on the surface and fans might say what, and it might not seem like it, but I, I got to give kudos. I think this offensive line played fairly well, considering who they're going up against. I mean, this is one of our key matchups coming into this game was, I mean, this is a ferocious defensive front and they finished with four sacks, but two of those came on this, either the last possession or the second, to last possession. I can't remember from Hassan Reddick. Um, so Hassan Reddick, two sacks at the very end of the game. And then Jalen Carter had two sprinkled throughout the game. Um, so to only give up four sacks total, but really let's just call it two because it's in a dire situation. So two sacks total against this team. Like we said, they they were able to average 4.1 yards for carry. If they would have just freaking done it more, uh, we could have seen more of that. Um, but re- kept, you know, Stafford relatively clean throughout the game. So, um, you know, and, and yet that's even with, you know, Coleman Shelton getting injured. Glad to hear it's not anything serious. He should be back. But Brian Allen comes in, plays pretty well in his, in his stead. Uh, you had... Havenstein, Dotson, and Avila all finish in the top six in PFF grading for the offense. Again, PFF's not the Bible, but take that for what you want. They're in the top six out of the entire offense. So I think overall this this unit going up against a very tough foe uh, played pretty admirably. So I think there's just there's just more, uh, more uh, I guess, to be excited about with this offensive line than what anyone expected heading into this year. Yeah, uh, Larry Jackson coming back uh, just ferociously, uh, just playing a hell of a game, uh, left tackle. Um, you know, that's that's the most important position on the offensive line. My last one is uh, Ernest Young. Um, mm-hmm. Great game. Great game for Ernest Young here. Um, just Ernest Jones, backer you're saying? Ernest Jones, thank you. Yeah, yeah they, all, they all sound the same. <laughs> Ernest Jones. Um, yeah, it's funny because he's one of my favorite players, so I shouldn't forget his name for sure. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know he was he was everywhere, uh, all over the place, and that's what you want from fifteen him. Middle, tackles, I think. Middle linebacker, uh, he's got some pressures under his belt. Uh, you know, just uh, proving, you know, great draft pick. Uh, so that's my that's my last uh, positive note uh, on this defense. Uh, a leader, well, and, and Jordan Fuller had a really nice heads up play, knocking the ball away uh, in coverage uh, deep down the field. So that, that was great to see. So. These guys are just proving more and more that uh, they are great players and uh, great draft breaks and day two, day three kind of guys. So, yeah, I mean, still still looking bright. Um, what are we heading into this week? Uh, we've got the Cardinals, which is proven they're proving to be a tough route. So we'll have a uh, we'll have yeah. a full full preview on them coming up this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a it won't be a gimme game. Obviously, the Rams have a great history against the Cardinals, but 
won't be a gimme, but tough losses so far. 23-14. Offense shut out yet again in the second half. Got to get that figured out coming out of the half, how they can get that magic from the starts of the game because they've looked pretty good in every single game to start when they're on script. And then when you get off that script and going into the half, it just doesn't seem to be the same. So we'll see if the offense turns it around. Defense fought their butts off, you know, only giving up 23 points. I thought played very admirably against this defense or against this offense, excuse me. So um, I think there's just, there's even more improvement from that unit that we can see. So Rams fall to two and two, hopefully get back to 500 this week against the Cardinals. Um, but thank you all for hanging out with us on the Rams skinny drop comments uh, below. If you want any questions, uh, hit us up on Twitter at RL Anderson, LAFB at Ryan Dyrud, LAFB or LAFB network is the main one or Rams underscore LAFB. We got them all. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening, we certainly appreciate it. It definitely helps us out if you hit that like and you hit that subscribe button so you get all of our Rams content here at the LA Football Network. But for Ryan Skinny T. Anderson, I'm Ryan Dyrud. Thank you all. Have a blessed evening. We'll talk to you later in the week. Uh